0: Are you looking to promote growth in your business? Are you unsure of where to start or what strategies to implement to really drive it? Or wondering about how you can level up and how it's all going to work for you? In today's episode, I am talking to the CEO of Remax Results, Hayley Vandervan. And she's going to be sharing with us what systems and structures she has put into place, the mindset growth that she has had, and really, she's going to share with us her own business career, her business journey, and how her business is continuing to level up through 2020. and welcome to episode 20 of the build your best life video podcast series i'm your host sherry storer i'm a hard-working real estate agent and a sales coach and it's my mantra to build your best life and i have been doing exactly this and throughout this podcast series, you'll learn how you can grow your GCI, your income and your revenue by implementing tried and tested systems and structures. You'll also learn how you can grow and build your own team, EBU and agencies. You'll also learn how you can truly harness your own real estate career to provide you with the freedom and the wealth that you've always dreamt of. So if this is the life that you want to live, make sure that you do subscribe to this podcast so you get notified every single Tuesday when the episodes go live. Now, in addition to working exclusively with agents and agencies all around the country, I also have the Build Your Best Life coaching program. Now, this program comes with live forums, it also comes with webinars, but on top of that, it comes with the Success Manual. Now, this Success Manual is a 90-day program and it's filled with templates, systems, and structures to help you level up. And if you wanna get an understanding of what one of those templates look like, I'm giving away a freebie as part of this podcast. All you need to do is head to sherrystorer.com forward slash level up, and you'll be able to download this template. Now, essentially, this template, it's all around goal setting. So it will help you determine your GCI, the amount of properties that you need to sell, the amount of properties that you need to list, how many you need to go out and do appraisals on, and then, of course, any other projects. This system and this particular template will calculate it all and will personalise it all for you. So again, if you want that freebie, and let's face it, we all love a freebie, you need to head to sherrystorecom forward slash level up. So let's get into today's episode, and I'd love to introduce you to Hayley Vandervan, who is one of my one-on-one agency clients, and I work with her in terms of the increasing the revenue and the growth in her business. Now, her agency, Remax Results, has offices both in Brisbane and also in Mackay, and it's consistently ranked as the top three in the Remax network here in Australia. On top of all of that, she consistently has agents that are appearing in the top 10 and she has been a successful agent since the age of 18. She is passionate about building a rent role, and she lives in Seven Hills with her husband Dan and her two children, Geordie and Cooper, who are under the age of six. So Haley, welcome to the Build Your Best Life podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really pumped to be here. (laughs) Well, I say this every time. I always get so excited with my clients when they're a part of the podcast series. And, you know, I think it's because I, you know, I fall in love with everybody and getting to know themselves and their personal journeys. And you are no different because I absolutely love working with you and I'm so invested in what it is that you have built, what you're building. And of course, you know, you as an individual, but, um, I was trying to remember how we even first originally met. Do you recall? I don't. <laughs> Not a very sexy, sexy story, but we can work with it. I do remember that you've been along to a number of my um, my breakfasts as, as part of the Women in, in Real Estate series, and oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you've also purchased some of my um, my letter packs and my toolkits, um, and I think then just essentially we started reaching out I think we became social media friends maybe and then you know from there you asked to to do some coaching and it was quite interesting because when you first initially started I think you were all a bit nervous and about scared about getting on, on board and you were like Sherry would you just see me once a month do you remember? Yeah I do and it's really weird
1: because because of social media and I find this as well Sometimes I feel like I know people far better than I actually do. And I remember when we met finally, we, I actually do remember this now, and we, we kind of looked at each other like, is this the first time we're meeting? <laughs> this huge hug because we were like, ah! <laughs> so it was really, really cool um, at your event to finally meet you face-to-face and we did have a really funny moment. But I guess I didn't really have an expectation um, when I first came to you for coaching. I just knew that I wanted to grow my business exponentially and and because I kind of got to this place, um, you know, or this point um, on my own, I would say, I guess I didn't know how to take it to the next level or how to level up our business, to use your phrase, um, because, you know, like, how do you
0: know what you're going on? Exactly right. Well, I must admit, I've loved seeing you level up, you know, in, in your business. And, you know, initially, you, I agreed that, yes, I would see you once a, once a month. And after we did that first session, you're like, I'm all in, Sherry, sign me, <laughs> sign me up. <laughs> and, yeah, and it's been about eight months now ever since. But I think, you know, when I have a look at where you have been, you know, where you are today and where you are growing, it's been an amazing journey and really, you know, these changes that you have made mindset-wise but also that you've implemented into your business are pretty impressive and I just want to take a moment to, to truly acknowledge that but look, Let's let's hit the rewind button and let's talk about your career and your journey because that's a lot about what these podcasts is, is all around. And I wanted to, I guess, ask you, how did you get into the industry? Did you fall into it or was this a conscious decision?
1: Uh, I wasn't supposed to uh, be in Australia still. My plan was, because um, I grew up in New Zealand, and my plan when I was 17 was to come over here, turn 18, um, have a gap year, go to Europe. Uh, and then go home to New Zealand to go to uni, and um, I <laughs> I came here. I started as a sales secretary on an internship or a traineeship, as they used to call it with the REIQ uh, back in 2003, um, which is crazy. No, yeah, it was the end of 2002, the start of 2003, um, and I never left. <laughs>
0: And so tell us, because you are actually selling for quite some time. A lot of people know you as a business owner. They also know that you're very passionate about property management, but you actually were a salesperson. And, in fact, you used to sell on Bribie Island, mm-hmm. um, correct? Yeah. So yeah. you did this for, for quite some time. Tell us about your time as a sales agent.
1: Okay. Um, well, the, the first office that I went to was at Bribie, and it was an amazing little office, such beautiful business owners so nurturing and sweet they were really like my parents because I was 18 and I was living away from home um I worked there for six years uh in that office and sold predominantly on the island but also like lots of people know the Sandstone Point Hotel now because it's cool uh it never used to be cool um but there was always 1200 homes up there that um I really worked in as kind of my FMA or my patch, my core area. And um, I just worked away on that for, I was there for 10 years in total. Um, and yeah, you I know, really, really enjoyed Even now I still get people that ring me that I sold houses to all of that time ago and say, Hey, we're moving. Can you sell a house?
0: And i like, no, but I'm not, you can. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And for those that are listening who don't know what Bravi Island is or where it's located, it's essentially this beautiful seaside community in between Brisbane and and the Sunshine Coast. So, how was it that you um, you essentially came to to leave there and work at Remax? Well, in
1: between um, my time there, I did. Uh, my husband was working away. And up in Mackay. And during that time, I thought, okay, well, it's really hard to be married to someone that's flying fire. You know that. Um, And I thought, okay, I think it's going to be better if I move up to Mackay. So I moved up to Mackay for a couple of years. And... wasn't better, unfortunately, but uh, but it gave me an amazing opportunity, which kind of led me down a really unexpected path. People always say to me now, "Why have you got an office in Mackay?" And um, it was kind of the best accident ever.
0: Well, initially, when when you moved to Mackay, were you sort of working as the BDM for for Remax? So your job was to really work in corporate and and to go out there and to help current businesses that were a part of um, the REMAX Corporation, but also to help bring people on board and convince them that REMAX was the right franchise for them, correct? Correct.
1: Well, funnily enough, it wasn't. I moved up there um, and kind of left a really, really stable 10-year business and spent another two years in Mackay selling real estate, so into a brand-new marketplace where I'd never, ever been before. I didn't know anybody. Um, It was incredible, like starting over and over again. But I just transferred up to, um, you know, our brand up there. Um, I wasn't back there with Remax back then. Um, I kind of hadn't seen that, that opportunity yet. And yeah, I just I started, you know, not knowing anybody. Spent two years there, and one day, um, unfortunately, right at the dissolution of my marriage, um, <laughs> Keith, who was then the owner of Remax Australia, rang me and said, hey, what's it going to take?" You know, like it's time. And I'm like, you know what? It is. I'll be there in three weeks. After obviously a long courting relationship, but he just got me on the right day at the right time. Um, you know, after you know, a little bit of, um, what's the word, after a long recruitment process, he just got me.
0: (laughs) So, what happened? So, tell us about when you made this transition. So, you've gone from being a salesperson and, you know, you've relocated and then you've decided to join the corporate world and, you know, yes, you obviously know about a lot about selling real estate, but now you're working in quite a different capacity within the industry. Tell us about what it was like in in your role and what you learned during this time. Well, that
1: transition from salesperson to corporate just opened my eyes in a totally different fashion. So I just fell in love with the brand in so many different aspects. So high-performing agents, that was a real moment of, oh, my God. And I actually remember when Keith did my figures for me that over, you know, that 12 years of being an intensive salesperson, if I had been a REMAX agent as opposed to the other two businesses that I've been a part of, what kind of money I would have worked away with, not selling a different, just with a different commission structure and a different game plan or a different business plan for myself. And I remember crying and thinking I wouldn't have any mortgages, I wouldn't, and let's be honest, I would have had mortgages. I just probably would have had more things. Um, But the reality was, for me, like, seeing it down on paper was a really awakening moment about, oh, my God, what have I been doing with my life? You know, I'm 30 years old. I need to grow up. So, um, you know, I I did make that change. And it was really really fascinating. And it showed me and introduced me to the most amazing business owners throughout Queensland because I wasn't just sitting down with Remax brokers who – by the way, um, you know, opened my eyes to another level and made me really excited in building this business. But it also, you know, led me to sit down with, you know, entrepreneurs and business owners across all of the networks and talk to them about the pain points in their businesses and how they've built their businesses and how they've grown. And, you know, whether or not it was someone in Rockhampton or someone in Baden, I got so many amazing gems from that experience that... I've implemented in my business as we've gone. I'm like, oh, remember what, you know, what Vince from Rockhampton said about this and about scaling and property management? Or remember about the marketing um, you know, that one of the guys in, in Baden mentioned and one of their points of difference in their scale of commissions and all of these things that I kind of like tucked away in my back brain and sometimes they'll just come to the forefront. I actually... When we started doing um, our 90-day plans with you, I remember in my very first manual, I've got like just pages and pages and pages of like projects and to-dos and all that kind of stuff. And I still have that manual in my um, in my cupboard here and I'll literally like go through it and be like, okay, cross that one off, cross that one off, we've implemented that now, um, which was awesome for the great, you know, for the the blank pages in that book.
0: Wonderful. And we're going to be talking a lot more about implementation a little bit later on, so we will come back to that. But you have now been the business owner of Remax Results, and you have two offices, one in Brisbane and, of course, one in Mackay for the last four years. But, you know, Remax Results is not a new business. In fact, it's one that's been operating for over 20 years, and you purchased the business from Deborah Evans, who still works in the business today. Mm -hmm. You know what was really
1: funny when I was purchasing the business? I had quite a few people say, Oh, that's never going to work. Um, you know, you can't have the old business owner there. They're not going to respect you. There's not going to, you know, they're still going to always go to bed. And one of the funny, um, conversations that I have with a lot of people that now are purchasing a business or part of a succession plan. They'll come to me and say, how did that work? Like you never complain about it. And I have nothing to complain about. I mean, I guess there's two things, um, you know, Deb, obviously this was her baby and she really lived and breathed this business. In fact, it's been 23 years that she has been here um, just last month. And she's just such a nurturing figure but it's always been her baby so she's just really happy and excited that I've brought new energy into the business um you know and she's super respectful of the fact but she's also always there for me if I if I do need advice and and to be honest at the start I probably went to her you know a lot and now occasionally she'll come in and just be like yes you're doing a great
0: job um which is so so lovely Well, that is really wonderful. And look, Remax Results, uh, you know, is even a business that I worked in. I remember there used to be a number of offices underneath this brand. This is way back when in the early 2000s now. And so I have actually worked for for the business that you now own. But when you originally purchased the business, you know, it wasn't just yourself and you also had a business partner. So tell us a little bit about, you know, business partnership and, you know, the pitfalls, the positives and what you took out of this experience? Yeah,
1: um, look, you know, business partnership probably was never for me, uh, but I didn't know until I was um, at it. I think, you know, looking back, it's been the biggest opportunity. It was a massive challenge. Um, unfortunately, you know, I had a really strong um Kind of mindset around the business that I wanted, the culture I wanted to build, the type of people that we would attract to the business—you know—having um, elite performers here instead of a bums-on-seat mentality was something that was really, really important to me. So we used to clash on things like that quite often. Um, you know, culture being such a strong value in our business was something else that we used to clash on. And and when I look back now, I think thank God, you know, because I probably wouldn't have got into the business without a business partner. Um, so I could have been sitting in a very different seat, maybe still at corporate, I don't know. Um, but at the same time, um, it's just enabled me to to evolve so much as a person but evolve so much as a business person. You know, if I would still had a business partner, I wouldn't know anything about the numbers. Um, I wouldn't be involved in a lot of the day-to-day financials. I wouldn't have gone to business school. I wouldn't have done any of those things because that wasn't my role in our partnership. Um, you know, my role was culture and growth. Um, but at the same time, um, yeah, I, if I looked back now and said, you know, this is where we would be in two years' time, um, you just wouldn't believe it. It's incredible.
0: <laughs> well, you are now the sole the sole director and there are currently 21 agents in your business across those two offices and they are writing fees anywhere from 200k to north of 2 million dollars and there are the green agents that are newer into the into the industry or their career agents or high performing agents and i want to get into a little bit about how you manage you know these agents and what their requirements are and how it is that you actually help them build their best careers and their best lives So how do you do that, Hayley?
1: I mean, it's a really large question, but at the same time, I guess my relationship with these guys is kind of different. I don't look at any of them as employees. Um, our relationship is really business to business because I'm there to help them facilitate the growth in their business. And, you know, we build out plans and we execute and implement, um, you know, an action items constantly. But my goal, because I'm non selling in our business, is literally there to support um, these guys with, you know, whatever their career plan is. So whether or not it is, um, you know, to build a business that is a million dollar plus business, whether or not it's to go beyond that, whether or not it's stably sit at 500000 and happily, you know, um, invest that in different avenues. Lots of, they, everybody, like anybody, everybody has a different plan. And rather than a kind of cookie cutter um, type system, we really have, we've got a process uh, for everything. Don't get me wrong. We have all the support and services and the agent services team to support everybody in, in whatever they're wanting to do. But whether or not they're a $200,000 agent who's just starting out, Um, and needs that structure or they're an experienced agent that just needs you know a hug sometimes when um, you know it hits the fan um, then then that's okay you know like some of our agents I speak to every day some of them will just check in when they have a problem Um, and and that's okay because everybody's different and and we really do um, we really do run our business that way we tailor it to to our clients and my clients are our agents. Mm.
0: Well, I really have seen this kind of more personalized approach instead of trying to fit everybody into this concept or this this notion um, of what it should be or, or what it looks like you know and I think that is obviously you know evident in what's working in your business. but I have also seen that you have a real focus on training and one also on culture. And a big part of this is I know every single person who joins your business or who is in your business takes, you know, and and becomes one of the build your best life coaching clients and they get one of the success manuals and you have them branded Remaxes and, you know, it's all a very nice kind of process. Oh, she's grabbing it. I love it. (laughs) So, you know, I think on top of all of that, you know, this is really a strict 90-day process in terms of bringing it on board, keeping them on track and making sure that they're having kind of a career-changing 90 days every 90 days, so to speak. So, you know, what is it about this program that you think has really helped the agents to, you know, level up their own internal businesses combined with you?
1: You know what there's so many things um probably one of my favorite parts about the manual is that it's holistic and it's not just about selling and it does have the program in there which is wonderful but i love the goal setting process at the start um you know because we're looking at fun we're looking at friends we're looking at finances we're looking at all of those things um you know that are really about building a better life for the agents and at the end of the day you know one of my key jobs in our business is to have retention of our team which I think I've done a sensational job in in the last couple of years, um, particularly in the more tumultuous times, um, you know, because if they're not happy, they're not going to stay and they're not going to be long-term agents. And I'm there to make sure that, you know, although they can have their ups and downs, um, overall we can ride through those experiences for them and help them by having a better life.
0: Mm. What's well, interesting that you sort of talk about this because you know in addition to to the manual I think it's this accountability part that I see you you know right and work quite successfully because I think it's one thing to have have the manual and, and to work a ninety day program. But I think the second thing is really you sitting down and having these one on one meetings with with your agents and understanding that not every single agent in your business is somebody that you would sit down once a week. It might be, you know, at different time frames. But you know, I do see that this is a common mistake that a lot of principals and a lot of lead agents actually make when they're the team leaders, and that is not spending the time with those that are part of their team to help them grow and to understand, okay, well, where are we heading? What's our direction? What are we actually working on even this week? So let's talk about those one-on-one meetings. And what is it that you, I mean, number one, how important are these meetings do you feel to the success of your business, and what is it that you actually discuss in them?
1: Look, depending on the agent, um, you know, with some of our larger, more high-performing teams, um, often we can go in with an agenda and we end up with, you know, something else. But the outcome that that often we're having is we're sitting down talking about their overall goals. And um, sometimes with those guys, I'm having conversations about how they can have conversations with their team and get that pipeline moving, Um you know, in other times it is a really direct, um, you know, sales pipeline conversation. One of our agents who, you know, I really didn't think wanted those direct conversations or required those direct conversations kind of came to me last week and he's like, okay, Hayley, I think that, you know, when we have our one-on-ones, I want to go back to the basics, like take me right back to the basics. And this is a highly experienced, he's like, I need this right now. Um, are we good? And I'm like, yes, we are good. Absolutely. Let's do this. Um, but it, it was funny, you know, for, for me to have that for someone that's been in the industry for over 15 years to be like, all right, how's let's go. We need to pump it up again. And I want to start back with the basics. We want to talk about the pipeline, you know, our listing levels, how we're going to move the, the stock through. I just need to bounce it off someone. And I'm like, awesome. I'm your girl.
0: <laughs> well, I think this is really valuable. And I think this is why the manual works so well. Cause you just bring it into the meeting. It's like there's the stock list, there's the calls, there's your pipelines, there's your hot buyers, there's the on the markets. And, you know, in these meetings, it is really great to process that kind of stock. And, you know, it's very easy to say, okay, well, you know, I haven't been making any sales or I haven't been, you know, getting any listings. And then you can look at the activities that have occurred and you know, Quite often what I find and what people want when they're wanting to work with me as a coach is they want accountability. And so I'm sure you're finding that as a principal and as a team leader too, correct?
1: Yeah, and one of the other things that I've found um, in that process is sometimes it's not even when you're not selling. Sometimes it's when you are selling and you're getting too busy and you're forgetting some of the basic things or you're skipping parts of your process or you're only following... 25 points of the 51-point checklist, you know, those types of um, times are when they're like, I need to pull back, I need to reassess, I need someone to kind of look at this, it's not in my business and, you know, like and just pull me up on stuff and, and look, everybody is different. Um, if you ask our agents what my process is for each of them, it probably is different because it is personalised, but we just keep going back to the manuals that, you know, the bones of that meeting to make sure that we've got some structure there You know, one of the conversations this week, actually it was yesterday, was, okay, let's look at our buyer-seller list. Let's go through our open home register and let's just check whos who's got a property to sell. Like, you know, you've got all of these buyers at the moment because the market's running red hot, you know, on a Saturday with open homes um, and you're struggling for listings. Let's just pull back into that open home register and see who has something to sell. Um, And they've got a listing today from that. They've been out and had the listing presentation at 2 o'clock.
0: Well, I think this is such an important conversation actually and a very powerful one because quite often I see agents fail at, you know, focusing on what it's going to take to actually, you know, bring the business in and they get so caught up on listing and, you know, um, marketing properties that they actually take – stop taking the time to actually process the stock and looking at, okay, well, do we need to reset the strategy on this? Do we need to have a critical conversation with the price? Do we need to change the marketing? Do we need to reinvigorate the ads? You know, what is it that we need to do and where are our hot buyers coming from? So, I love the fact that you're talking around this because it is something that it's a basic, but it's a fundamental platform in, a, in our business, and we don't actually get paid unless we sell something. So, we've got to make sure that we are processing and helping our sellers actually sell their properties so that they can move on to their next property venture. Yeah, <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, let's move on. So (laughs) that's so funny. (laughs) You're like a (laughs) finisher. So you do operate. Two offices. One is, as we've talked about, is in Morningside in Brisbane, and the other one is in Mackay. Now, logistically, there is some distance between them, so there's a couple of hundred kilometres. How does it actually work for you being able to do these one-on-one meetings and actually being physically located in Brisbane when you also have an awesome team in Mackay?
1: Yeah. Look, to be honest, and I know people say, it, but I'm one of those people that's truly blessed with the fact that in Mackay we have these. Um, really talented and ultra-experienced agents. They're the agents that call me, you know, when they need a hug. Um, And most of them have been business owners before. So the beauty of that is they appreciate um, that business-to-business relationship. And, you know, that's probably the only way it could have worked, Um, you know, initially. I think we've evolved now as a business. Um, and we've obviously grown and, um, you know, like we've we've also attracted some really great new agents to the business, which have made, you know, a marked difference to it. But um, from a management point of view, it's just a – it's uh, – honestly, I think it's just the way that we approach it. People that work for us are the business. Mm.
0: It's interesting that you talk about this because I think all too often um, we sort of glaze over the – you know, that we've got the right agents in the business. But, you know, evidently you are a match for them and they are a match for you. And you do have some great agents in Mackay. You've got Stacey Arlett, and you've also got Mike Alterhouse. Um, And, you know, as you talked about recently, Leanne Drury has also joined you. Mm. So, you know, this is really interesting to me because onboarding an agent I think is a very difficult thing to do, let alone somebody who actually is already doing great, great business Mm. and, you know, especially when you are in a completely different, you know, town and, and city. So, you know, a, how much do you value this onboarding process and what do you actually do to ensure that, you know, that you gain momentum or the agent gains momentum through this period instead of dropping it off?
1: Oh, this is a crucial moment in any recruitment process. Um, I think uh, the, the nearest example of that has been Leanne moving to our business um, last month. She uh, did 87 transactions last year, so by all measures and balances, is an absolute powerhouse. Um, and obviously from our perspective, it was really, really important in her transaction to make sure that that was seamless. Um, you know, from a transition point of view, there is nothing more fearful. And I know this from my time in franchising, but also when I made the change um, from Ray, Ray White to Hookers years and years ago, I know that it took me about three months Um, you know, it cost me probably three months in my business. And as a business owner, I looked at this as a prime opportunity to up my game and my offering to agents that were joining us uh, in the sense that we could offer them a transition process that could be well thought out, well planned and seamlessly executed. And as a result, I think Leanne had seven um, contracts in her first month with us and has got another six um, on the board for um, September settlement. So she's, you know, obviously rolled over uh, very quickly um, but with all the support resources and services that she needed so that she really didn't skip a beat. Mm.
0: Well, I know this is one of the areas that we've really spent a lot of time on because we have been working a lot on the business sort of uh, side in our time together. But, you know, it, it really is a testament because I think that that is something that's quite difficult. But it does seem that there has been a real mindset shift in the office to understand, hey, listen, this has to be a priority to make sure that the agent keeps moving forward and that they don't lose any of that momentum and that, you know, they continue in on their business. And In actual fact, it gains traction, which is, which is what has occurred here. so besides sales agents I mean you are a massive you know advocate for property property management why is this a fundamental you know part of your business especially when a lot of others right now are sort of thinking oh property management's too hard why do you value it the way that you do?
1: Honestly I don't know I don't know why it took me so long um, to find that value in it I guess as a salesperson for so many years I always, you know, um, never really probably put any thoughts into a property management business, but growing um, my business holistically, I really got a fascination in um, the level of service that was currently being kind of given to landlords. And I was like, why is it so poor? You know, that's just not okay like why can't we approach this as a you know that gold standard level of service that you would give to your that you give to your vendors and your buyers why would we not you know be approaching that from a landlord perspective so we saw that as amazing opportunity Um, and as a result you know in Mackay we obviously started with uh, no property management Um, and here we bought a a hundred right at the start Um, and Look, we've, you know, we've had some really awesome growth in the last couple of years. I think a light just went off in my mind that thought, what a great opportunity. This is such an underserviced and underappreciated side of the business and let's give it a red hot crack.
0: Well, I think, you know, it is is great to give that level of service to people um, as well, which is a fundamental sort of ethos that you have but it's also really great from your business because obviously we go through interesting times and we've just had one you know this year in in 2020 but you know you want to have that sort of business foundation because you just never know when you're going to have a month of great sales and a month of not great sales and so you know it is a really nice trampoline to know that you have got non-negotiably this kind of income that's coming in month after month and on top of all of that you've got a great asset
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, you know, I know that this is a big focus for you in terms of wanting to grow the rent, the rent role in addition to, you know, the overall growth of the, the business. Um, why do you think that you have chosen to to focus because really you know you've got some gun um, bdm's in in your business and some gun um, pm's but also too, you know you've been quite attached to this particular d- division and you know i had to really convince you almost kind of tear you away from the, <laughs> from <I> really did <laughs> from that so you know and we're going to talk about your your ceo mindset shortly but you know do you think that this key component on the growth of the rent roll, do you believe that it's the people that work in those businesses and in those
1: divisions? 100%, like anything in our business, it actually, my business is just people. You know, my my business is not selling. Um, you know, I know that many people think, oh, that would be great to not have to compete with your principal, you know, um, in the marketplace. But I've never really viewed it that way. I've really viewed Um, Our business is an opportunity to just offer to our agents, but in our business in particular, also offer to our property managers. And the only way that I could um, support the property managers was by actually understanding it. So as a sales-only, you know, kind of role, when I first came into business, I really had no idea. And I used to – I really, if I'm being brutally honest about it, I used to think to myself, what is wrong with these people? Why do they hate their lives? Like why – are they like so torn up about such small things like it's so small like don't worry about it just move on and I couldn't understand why they would often vent to each other in in excess about small things that would happen within their day and I remember when we waited for our um, now property manager I was the property manager for six weeks and can I tell you I now understand <laughs> um, I uh, honestly, like nothing gives you a rude shock or like a baptism of fire than being in that hot seat. And after only six weeks, I pretty much kiss the ground that the property manager walks on. I'm like, holidays? Really? Yes. Okay, go away. nurture yourself. Get a a massage, whatever you need. Um, Because genuinely, I think it's just given me a huge appreciation for the day-to-day stuff. But it also um, pointed out a really awesome opportunity for us as business owners to professionally and personally develop um, our property managers too. I think from a training perspective we spend so much money training the sales team and, you know, adapting their skill set and often, you know, property management is the poor cousin. And it's just it like, you know, um, our senior property manager in Mackay and our senior property manager here have just started studying NLP. And typically that would be really sales orientated activity um, and they are enjoying it and their relationships with their clients has, you know, like improved measurably because of the learnings that they've had with NLP. You know, not only that, they've started listening to really awesome podcasts and um, we also did a corporate um, challenge where they earned points for meditation and um, holistic, you know, things like exercising and moving and eating well. Um, and typically that's not something that property managers would often get involved with because it's you know seen as a little bit salesy but can I tell you they just eat that up and it has really really changed the businesses <laughs>
0: well it's interesting that you talk about this and I love the fact that you invest so much into your property management division and you truly do understand it and it's as you say because you've been immersed in it, in it yourself but you know Really, BDMs are salespeople. Whether you are listing properties for re- for lease or for sale, it is exactly the same. If anything, it's a longer-term relationship than those, you know, 14, 90 days or 120 days, whatever it might be. So, you know, and in actual fact, you know, I talk about this a lot that property managers are, in fact, you know, fund managers and they're wealth creation managers and, we need to sort of see that within the industry, you know, ourselves. So I love the fact that you're talking about this house. I love that, you know, you're ripping it all back, but we should be investing in our property management divisions and particularly our agents and our BDMs. And why this is so important is that it's not just about the process, and it's not just about the compliance, but it's actually about growing an asset. And you can't grow an asset if these guys don't know how to close. Hi there, it's me, it's Sherry Stora, and I'm interrupting this interview with a special shout out to my sponsor, List Ready. Now, if you haven't heard of these guys, you need to go and check them out. Head to their website, listpipeandready.com.au, because they are going to change how you look at VPA in this marketplace. And in fact, these guys really are the leading VPA finance solution in Australia. Now, there are a number of common themes that are running right throughout this podcast series, and vendor paid advertising is most certainly one of them. Now, this is not just because it helps grow an agent's business, but it's really about delivering those exceptional outcomes to our sellers in terms of price and also in terms of timelines. I must admit, I do understand that as an agent, it can often be challenging for an owner to actually find those additional funds to prepare and market their home correctly. And by default, this kind of becomes the agent's issue. So, I've always used, you know, VPA Finance Solutions, but I never really found that overall encompassing kind of right option. That is until I heard about List Ready, and now you know why I'm so excited about them. I guess essentially what they do is they, they look at all costs, whether it be renovating, landscaping, marketing, or staging a home right up to $25,000. It's really simple to use, and in fact, at the listing presentation, you grab your phone and you complete an online application form, which literally takes a minute to complete. And within a couple of minutes, once there's approval, the funds will go directly into your trust account. So, this is extremely powerful and important because there's no hidden cost, there's no hidden fees for real estate agents. It's really a service that's been bought out of necessity for agents to help their sellers achieve the best possible prices. And in fact, it is actually List ready's mission statement to actually provide and be the best value for vendors. So look, if you haven't already, go and check out their website, list-ready.com.au, or alternatively, Give them a call on one three hundred twenty five forty four eighteen. 18 We do a lot of
1: education across the board for our property management and our sales team so that when they sit down, they're actually talking from a point of um, education. You know, I think in our marketplace these days, you can't pull the wool over people's eyes anymore. You know, it's important to be able to walk the talk. And I don't know about, you know, most people's marketplaces, but I certainly know... Um, In our Morningside marketplace, we are dealing, you know, pretty much 100% of the time with professionals, um, whether or not they be, um, you know, families with professionals or professional investors or whatever it may be. Um, You know, they know. They know a lot of the stuff that you're confirming for them. And sometimes they just need it to be confirmed by a professional. And you need to be that professional that has an opinion, but it needs to be an educated and well-enforced opinion.
0: I could not agree anymore. I love what we're talking about here. But look, let's let's also just, let's switch focus a little bit. And I would really love to have a chat with you about, you know, what the last 18 months has been like for you personally. And I know you've had a very tough personal time we'll try not to not to um not to yeah not to cry which I've done pretty well through this whole podcast series because I think it's really important that we talk about life and its positives as much as its negatives and you know it's not all sunshine and and rainbows and I just want to talk about what what has really happened over the last two years and what that journey has been like for for you personally yeah
1: um I have had an incredibly tough Last two years, my mum passed away um, last year of cancer, and that journey was was horrendous. And obviously, as a sole director and business owner, um, as many small business owners would know, you. Uh, the business. And although we have some incredible people in our business that supported me through the whole thing, and if we didn't, I, I wouldn't have a business, um, I also have two young kids. So, um, you know, whilst I'm running the business and, you know, spending time with my mom, you know, who was going through a chemo and deteriorating really quickly and, um, you know, that whole process um, and that whole time was just horrendous. And, um, you know, I'm just incredibly... I'm incredibly grateful and I know that's such an overused term but the reality is had I not had a great team that I'd build around us and didn't have the support of, you know, um, great administrators and great uh, people on the ground, um, we wouldn't have had a business.
0: Well, look, it's really interesting that you sort of talk about this because, you know, we do have a lot of times in life where everything is great, Mm -hmm. but very rarely do we acknowledge it when things aren't always going so great. And, you know, as a business owner, I think this old style of leadership was just pretending like everything is wonderful when everyone can feel and see that it's not wonderful Mm -hmm. and just keep powering on. And I think it takes a lot of, you know, Um, courage to show the vulnerability and to ask for help even in your team members um, through this period of of time and you know when we first started working together I saw this amazing kick-ass you know remarkable woman in front of me but I also have seen you go on a journey to really you know level that up for another another phrase but I also did see that there was still this coming back and you know this person who had been kind of essentially battered down was really just coming back in into her own and you know, even in the business, I think, you know, you really saw yourself in that BDM and in the property management division instead of the, you know, the owner of the business and the CEO of the business. And I know, you know, I, as I mentioned earlier, I had to really convince you to kind of drag you out of that, that kind of hidey hole and let the others in your, in your team who are remarkable, you know, property managers and BDMs kind of stand up and you really take the reins as the CEO of the business and, you know, really kind of have these mindset shifts around it i mean how do you feel now looking looking back at you know even eight months ago when we first started to where you are today like i just see you know a huge shift and as i said you were super cool and a kick-ass powerhouse woman but how do you feel today compared to you know that time
1: oh uh, it's chalk and cheese honestly um you know when we first kind of started working together was it january yeah, it was January. Um, yeah, it, it seems like the other day, but it seems like we've always been together. It's really it it's a really <laughs> odd, strange um, thing. But I think, you know, I was really lost when my mum died. I was kind of, you know, I always had this dream for what I wanted um, in my life and really, really clear vision, and my mum had always been part of that. So I guess, you know, I was just... Yeah, I was. I knew that I wanted to come back into the business in a big way, and that you know I'd had some amazing people kind of caretaking the sales side of the business for me. Because as you know, with twenty-one salespeople, you have to be there, you have to be present. Um, you know, I'm really lucky that because we have so many experienced salespeople, they probably gave me a bit of a break and didn't lean on lean on me as much as they could have, or they they would. Um, and and I, I'm forever grateful for that, but. Um, yeah, I was at a loss, you know, I remember us sitting down at our first kind of, um, due diligence meeting and you're kind of just looking at me and I was like, I don't know about this. I don't know about that. I don't know about this. I don't know. You know, like this is what I want for the business, but I don't know how to get there. You know, like help me out. Mm -hmm. And you kind of just took me by the hand and went, yeah, okay, cool. Let's do it. Um, and, but that meant the world to me because like, you know, like I said before, you don't know what you don't know. And for me to, you know, double the sales volume of the business needed, meant that I needed to be present and I needed to come back in a big way and I needed to not be Dan's wife in the rentals. Um, and although, um, although, you know, I, I remember telling you about that phrase and, I think I just allowed myself to spend time fixing those problems in the property management department because that was safe and warm Um, and stepping outside of your comfort zone and going back and kind of regaining that power and, you know, coming back into your own. You know, I kind of laugh and be like, oh, yeah, when Hayley got her groove back, Um, you know, because that's what kind of 2020, despite its ups and downs, that's what it has been for me.
0: Yeah, well, look, I've certainly seen that. And what we're relating to there is your husband, um, Daniel, who also works at, in the business as a, as a lead agent. But, you know, you do operate as the CEO, but people just didn't see you in that role. And, you know, your mindset, even though you own the business, was probably, you know, in property management. And I remember even just going to the REMAX office, and, you know, it had been a long time since I'd, I'd been there, and I don't think it had been renovated since. But, you know, out of all the offices, I think the one that you had had was, you know, one that was, it certainly had no windows, it was very dark. I don't think, did it even have a door? It was it was very, very small. And, you know, in your mindset, you're thinking, well, everybody else can have the big offices. You know, I'm not really that Im- important. Whereas I think you now understand that your role in the business is holding it all together and, you know, kind of conducting it as as, you know, as you would if you were conducting an orchestra. But now, you know, you've just recently renovated that office and, you know, which has been a really amazing kind of process and I was lucky enough to come and and check it out this week. But you have now given yourself an office and I want to talk about this mindset about where, you know, the office that you had and the office that you now have mm. and you know i know i was trying to convince you why this was important and you know that it wasn't just about you that it was about everybody else in the business but also supplies in the business and also recruiting in the business how do you view this fabulous office that you now officially have which has got light and windows and armchairs and decorations but is a boss ceo office you know how important do you think that is not only to your mindset but to the other agents in the business?
1: I don't think I'd ever had a problem with it until you pointed it out to me. And then I kind of started looking at it and being like, oh yeah, it's kind of annoying that when somebody wants to have a private conversation with me, we have to book the meeting room. And it's kind of annoying that, you know, when we have a one-on-one, we have to go across to the coffee shop and it's kind of annoying. So, you know, there were all of these things that I started seeing as like, oh, yeah, um, that is annoying. And look, we did. You and I kind of disagreed on this and I kind of fought you on it and you were like, come mm-hmm, on, Haley, drop the rope. Um, But I've got to tell you, you know, like having this space enables me to kind of spend a lot more time um, on the business instead of in the business and having that focus has been fantastic, but it really has changed my mindset, you know, I love that it's so clean and crisp and it feels so amazing and when you walk into my office it smells good and you know like all of these little things that just give you so much more pride and so much more enjoyment about being here and even our salespeople that have you know got their executive offices that they've decorated um you know our teams and our high performers that have have earned those um those spots um they love that they've been able to custom um, their offices and kind of do all sorts of things in there to suit their teams. And I think it's really filled them with a sense of pride. And you know what? They deserve it because they work bloody hard.
0: Exactly right, and so so do you, so do you, and I think this is why the office was so important because to me it was really very symbolic of this kind of transformation because of where you had been because of the what had occurred in your personal life, to you getting your groove back as you, as you call it, and me basically saying, you know let's let's shatter this glass ceiling, and you know it's really about this CEO mentality, not you know the, the wife, Dan's wife who works in in rentals and, you know, and Really foreseeing it as that, so I can see that this has come such a far way in in eight months. But it's also interesting you talk about this, and, and just to digress for a moment about the other agents um, having offices because they do have for those that are operating EBUs, they do have their own offices. And you know, um, I know that we set some sort of um, ideals around you know these offices, and you know having space for new people who might choose to come in and join the business, or those that are in the business that might move from a workstation into you know a full office with its door for for an EVU so just share with us a little bit about the renovation and that concept behind the offices well, I think, um,
1: you know, 2020 probably changed the way that lots of people viewed their workspaces. When they started to work from home, some of them preferred it. But a lot of the agents came back to the office and, um, you know, plugged in on hot desks or plugged in in their, in their workstations. And some of them that were wanting to build their businesses. Um, Really relish the challenge to say, if you get to X, then guess what? This beautiful new shiny office belongs to you. And um, one in particular is super funny. In our one on ones, he's like, okay, so how many sales am I away from my office? you know and it's really cool because he's really using that as the fire um you know he's he's picked his office he's already decided which one it is he uh he even had a sign up there for a little while um you know saying that it was his office and that and he's not obviously working from there yet because that is kind of the reward but at the same time um it's given him a really cool goal when you know as somebody that's been in the business for a long time not a lot of other things you know were that motivating for him you know it wasn't about Finances. It wasn't about reaching a certain um, comfort level in his life because he already was a self-established gentleman. Um, but at the same time, it was a really, really cool thing that motivated him to be like, "Yeah, I want to sit in the executive office and you know put my legs back up on the on the desk." So yeah, that was really, really cool, and I'm excited to be able to offer that to him.
0: <laughs> well, I think that's a really nice thing to to talk about. So thanks for sharing it with us. But I think going back to this concept about you know, for you personally and making these mindset shifts and, you know, being that boss, sort of bad boss uh, CEO in a, in a really good way. You know, I remember there was one thing that you said to me one day and we had this massive uh, session and you just said to me, I don't know if you remember this, but you said to me, I just still see myself as this little New Zealand kid who's from like a working, working family. Mm. And, you know, I just need to see myself in a, in a completely different way how did how did you do that Hayley how did you you know transform your thoughts of who you are yesterday to who you are today how do you remember
1: all this stuff um look you know I grew up in country New Zealand in just a really working class family in the sense that they beautiful wholesome hard-working parents and Really, they worked to give us a better life. Um, And sometimes, your upbringing can be the thing that holds you back. Because, like you know, a lot of my thought process was, "Oh yeah, no, this is good, this is good." Um, But um, you know, when we started working together, you really challenged me, and. Um, you know, I remember you saying to me, you need to stop thinking like a poor little Kiwi kid, Haley." Like, you know, after I'd said that to you, you kind of repeated it to me a few times, which was a bit of a trigger really, because I was like, oh yeah, I really do need to stop. Um, I do need to stop limiting my beliefs and our business name is Limitless Property, right? So I've always had this ambition to be limitless. I think it's only been this year that we've really started to crank um you know in in my mindset and i guess and the opportunities that we have for the business that we that we haven't yet realized so um yeah, I don't know.
0: Does that answer your question? It sure does. And I think there's nothing wrong, by the way, with being from New Zealand. And <laughs> you're a New Zealander and, you know, growing up in that way. But you just, for the life that you want to lead today and the goals that you're setting, it was about smashing that and kind of acknowledging that that's the place in which you have been in, sitting in and where we, want to, where we want to move forward to. And, you know, I really thank you, um, for acknowledging that publicly but also for, you know, working with me in, in terms of honestly, you know, discussing it because it also gave me great insight as to, you know, how I've done it and it gave me an opportunity to step back and look at my life, um, which I've done a lot of actually in, in this last year and I know I've shared a lot of it with, with you guys on, on social media. So, you know, thank you for, for that because it was really, really awesome for me. But let's let's talk a bit more about um, about your husband, because, you know, as you said, you are married and and you are a mum and, you know, he is a lead agent in in the business. Mm -hmm. But when you go home at night, what's it like? Do you guys talk all about shop or is there like do you have boundaries? Do you have rules? How does it work?
1: To be honest, and this is so funny, I just had this conversation um, with Dan's PA. She's like, do you know where Dan is? He's not answering his phone. I'm like, mate, I don't know where he is. He's not my (laughs) problem, he's your problem. And, you know, then we kind of had a big laugh because genuinely um, I remember like we rewind the clock maybe three or four years ago. I remember we were in the kitchen one day and Dan and I must have like just snuck a, a sneaky little peck on the cheek and our receptionist walked in. And she was horrified and I kind of looked at her and she looked at me and she was like, <gasps> and I said, oh, you know, this is Cooper's dad, right? Like this is this is my husband to be like we're engaged. And she had no idea because at work we're really not, we're not married. You know, he does his business um, and I look after the business and and lots of people will probably never know, um, you know, unless – They stalk me on Facebook or, you know, whatever it may be because you really can't tell most of the time. Um, Don't get me wrong. He definitely gives me lots of uh, well-meaning digs during the day. But at the same time, he's busy out doing his thing and I'm obviously busy on the business. So, you know, we really don't see each other. And sometimes um, at night, it's a great opportunity to download different things and God forbid I give him too much advice. But at the same time, you know, with two little kids, like most working parents, you don't really have a lot of time for each other. You know, like one of the things that you, I say, you made me do, just because I'm like um, a goody two shoes and do my homework. But you know, was like lock some date nights in, and they've been really awesome in the sense that when we do get to go out on date nights, sometimes like this sounds really bad, but we'll do like our ninety day plan on our date (laughs) nights.
0: Jason and I are just getting up um, over the next two days. That's what we're working on. So you're not alone then. <laughs> no. But we like, we like it. It's nice to plan for the future and to set some goals and things that we want to achieve together. I don't think there's anything wrong with doing that on a date night. I like that idea. Oh, good. Thanks. <laughs> I'll give you a tick on that one. So as we have discussed, you are, in fact, you know, a mum. In fact, you're a, a mum of two boys, both of which are under six, so Geordie and Cooper, and you are, you know, are a working parent and you're a business owner and you're a wife how do you fit it all in do you feel like you've got it all figured out
1: oh my god no um I haven't got it all figured out and I, you can talk to any working parents and I am sure that if they're really honest with you that they tell you that their life is complete chaos and look it works I don't know how it works um but you know there's days when you were just like shake your head and think what am I doing
0: and then there's days that you feel like you've got it totally nailed so well tell me about yesterday I know we were having a chat yesterday afternoon and you were saying you're dropping the kids off at school I mean can you just share with us oh,
1: thanks for bringing that up that was a great day yesterday so when I ran you Sherry um I dropped uh my big boy off at school and I walked in in my work clothes I'd rolled my ankle on a tree nut um, as I was walking in the pavement. I didn't fall over, thank God, but I almost fell over. And then I got there and realized he didn't have a jumper. So this is like the morning routine, right? So I've gone gone home, grabbed the jumper, taken the other one to daycare. I was really frazzled. I had a sore ankle. I was thinking about netball tonight, thinking, oh, God, this could not be sore for tomorrow. Have I got strapping tape? Do I need to do this? Do I need to do that? Like a thousand things running through my mind. And I'm just like super frazzled and starting to get hot and a bit sweaty and like just, you know, frustrated because my morning was not going well. And I've like, you know, I've like power walked in with you know a a one-year-old on my hip and everything all all together there and then the elevator was taking forever and I was like oh my god now I'm going to be late this is great by the time I've dropped you know Cooper's jumper off to school it's just going to be chaotic right and so anyway I've kind of come out of the air and I think as as I was driving out of the driveway maybe we spoke and I just had a big download on you like oh and there were these mums outside and they looked perfect, and they were in their gym gear, and they don't have to work. And they, you know, like, and I I think I just exploded and you probably thought, hmm, that's great. <laughs> uh,
0: but,
1: you know, like it just oh it does these days like that that you just think
0: why do I do this (laughs) well look I certainly don't have children but I don't think anybody really has it figured out and there's always those times where we look at other people and we're thinking why can't my life be more like theirs or why can't I have it all together but you know is there any such thing of of having it all together and Maybe what we're seeing on the outside is not necessarily on the inside, but yet we're still striving for this like impossible notion of perfection and being like the perfect kind of parent. And really all you can do is is your best, right? Oh,
1: yeah. Honestly, you can. And... You know, like I remember years and years ago, like I decided that I wanted to have it all. Actually, when I was working at Remax Corporate, um, because back then I didn't have um, any kids and I had this wonderful lifestyle and I was living a new farm and, you know, like just having the life of my dreams. If I'm, look, if I'm looking back, those were the golden years, you know. Um, but, you know, now um, with two kids and living in the suburbs, like we're in Seven Hills and we absolutely love it. Like, don't get me wrong, that is amazing, but it's been a different, it's been a really different um, life experience for us. And, and I remember saying to Joel, actually, who's the managing director at Remax Australia, I remember saying to him, oh, no, no, I will have it all. And he was just like, yeah, okay, righto. And it was only like last year that we had the conversation. He's like, do you remember that time that you said to me that you were going to have it all? And I'm like, yes. And he's like, and you've got it all now. And I'm like, yeah. That's <laughs> what it all feels like. No.
0: I think all we can do really at any point in time is just your best, right? Which is why we're talking about best life because, you know, it's about making, making the best of every single moment and every opportunity and just striving for that, for that, what it can be for you. But, you know, when I look back and we've been talking a lot about your adventure this, this year and what's been happening throughout your career and through your property journey and so forth too, and business ownership journey, 2020 has been a big year for you and we've talked a lot about you levelling up and these mindset changes and the implementations and the massive growth in your business, which we haven't sort of talked too much about, but really it has been massive, massive growth. What are you most proud of in 2020 so far? Oh,
1: wow. Um, I'm most proud of the people that we have in our business because it didn't happen by accident. Um, you know, the people, we've had some people come and go along in the journey, like an ex-business partner and, um, you know, people that potentially weren't a right fit. But one of the things that I really hang my head on is the retention of our team and the fact that we are just, uh, I don't know, like I love coming in here I love the feeling and the vibe and like you would have experienced it yesterday everybody's upbeat and it just feels good you know like you've got this great environment um and lots of our agents will talk about it as well because i've never experienced it anywhere else and sometimes i'll be singing in my office and people will shut the door um (laughs) no they won't because that that, that hasn't happened to me Um, but um you know it's just a really nice vibe and that's the thing that i'm most proud of i'm most proud of the fact that we've built a business where people actually like to come to work and you know that we are surrounded by some incredible people that are doing amazing business as well we're not surrounded by you know awesome people that are just twiddling their thumbs they're just out there doing the business but when they are here you know they're here for the right reasons Mm
0: -hmm. this is a good answer actually because culture is something that you have done a really great job in terms of you know implementing into your business and nurturing so I, i love that answer so what do you think is next for your business what do you think is next for remax results
1: well um you know that we're going to continue to have that strong emphasis um on the people and growing with the right people you know you and I have had backwards and forwards conversations about bums on seats mentality or growing with purpose um and and it's just continued growth you know we're just kind of getting started I'm only four mu- oh, I'm only four years in I got like I got 20 years there, um, which is kind of exciting, you know. And and I just can't wait to see where we are in another 10 years and how big we are then, and the type of amazing people and the type of business that we have in that time, you know. I I mean, that for us, um, you know, there's no ceiling, Mm. we are limitless.
0: I do like this limitless notion. I think this is one that you have now really embraced and is now your mantra. So looking back, you know, knowing what you now know now, what would you, you know, recommend to anybody who is relatively new into their business or even if they've been in their business for a few years, what would you tell them to go out and to do Immediately?
1: Immediately? Well, um, invest in yourself. I've always been a big believer in um, in training and coaching and mentoring. Um, I've been coached, um, you know, by lots of people over the years. But I think that you can't you can't stop learning. You know, one of the big moments for me was um, you know getting involved in business school because that led me to you know exiting my partnership. Um, because I learned about the numbers and about the business of the business um, but you and I are really just getting started like this is a real opportunity for me to um, view my business in another light and I know that we've had you know personal branding on the agenda for forever and we haven't even got to it because it's always something more important for us um, but you know investing in people's personal brand um, its I would be doing it. If I had to start again tomorrow as a new salesperson, I would be investing in my personal brand and I'd be investing in some quality coaching. Um, and I would implement the doing is the most important thing. There's no point in planning and planning and planning and planning and planning and just looking at it. Um, you know, just do it.
0: Well, that is certainly one of the things that you do do. To- so incredibly well. You implement, you know, what is planned out in front of you. And so that's why you've had the growth that you've had because every single month you've implemented and you've next leveled. And so, you know, now taking a look back, you know, eight months later, it's really easy to see the progress, but that's because you've made these small sort of, in, you know, incremental kind of steps. So um, I, I love that. I think that's great. And you should be incredibly proud of, you know, the business of where you've come. And, you know, talking about celebrity brand if people want to follow you how will they find you well uh just
1: on instagram i'm just hayley Vanderven and on facebook um i'm a public profile so just add me i love i love connecting with new people um i i learn so much from other people and i you know like i'm a bit of a social butterfly um on the social so i, I well that's how we connected.
0: Exactly right, and I think you know this is what you do so incredibly well, and you do it beautiful offline, and you do it wonderfully online. So if you want to connect with Haley, by all means, follow her, follow her her journey. To everyone who's who's out there listening, Haley, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thanks for having me, Sherry. It's been
0: a blast. A really compelling episode today on how mindset growth and how making fundamental platforms and changes and really working with your team can have huge benefits not only to yourself but also to business growth and making sure that you're living your very very best life both in and outside of real estate so if you want more on this particular episode go across and check out the show notes head to SherryStora.com forward slash the number 20 i'd also love to give a massive shout out to today's sponsor list ready who, without their support and their kindness, um, I would never have been able to do this amazing podcast. So thank you so much, List Ready. I'm so grateful for your support and for supporting agents out there on their journeys to build their best life. Now, on next Tuesday's episode, it is the very last one for our season number one. And I'm going to be interviewing a huge international real estate superstar and a powerhouse. In fact, I'm going to be interviewing the president of the Expansion Brands Portfolio for Realogy, Sherry Chris. Now, she is an insightful brand builder, and she's a social media savvy CEO, and she's an incredibly inspiring leader and woman. And if you have dreams of making it big in this business, then this is certainly the episode for you. So tune into that one. So if you are keen to build your best life by truly harnessing your real estate career, by implementing proven sales systems and structures, by leveraging your listings and results, building a celebrity profile and building a team and working less while making more then certainly tune into this podcast and make sure that you do subscribe so that you are notified every single Tuesday when the episodes do go live and of course if you want more information on the build your best life coaching program you can certainly find it all at sherrystorer.com forward slash bybl thank you so much for tuning in today and of course remember if you do want that freebie head across to my website, uh, sherrystorecom forward slash level up, and you will be able to download this template that will help you. Goal set, we'll be able to work out your next 90 days in terms of how many properties you need to sell, how many you need to list, how many you need to go and appraise, and it will personalise it and calculate it all specifically for you. But look, thank you so much for tuning in, and I look forward to seeing you at the next episode.